0: Lucy and I have a gluten allergy and I'm Lucy and I have celiac disease and this is gluten-free gaming. So this week uh, I made Lucy play a game that I remember fondly from my childhood called Blue Toad Murder Files and it's like this little point-and-click mystery game that was on the iOS app store and I played it uh, when it came out in 2013 and I don't know if you know anything about the quality of Apple uh, app store games in 2013 but it really wasn't very high and it still isn't high today. If you ask me, it's probably only gotten worse. Um, But yeah, most games were just riddled with ads and quite terrible. So finding a quality, you know, mystery game was, you know, quite fun. So, and there was like a lot of like decently positive reviews on it at the time. So I, you know, picked it up. I think it was like $3.99 on the app store or something. Um, One of the few apps that I actually paid for, but I think it was worth it. Uh, And so I had a, a lot of fun memories playing this little mystery game. So I said, oh, well, We'll revisit it. And lo and behold, a a children's mystery game is not as fun to play when you're 21. But if you are a child, then I still recommend it. So we'll kind of hop in. I'm 21 and I had a lot of fun. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe I just didn't. I don't know. Because like, honestly, like, it's just so there's really no way to skip the dialogue. And it goes on for quite a long time. It was so
1: painful. Oh, my God. That's the the most painful part there are quizzes between, like, every couple sections in the game, um, and you have to just be quizzed on what you learned in the past, and it's, like, just the stupidest quizzes ever. I actually kind of like the quizzes. Hot take.
0: You, um, no, not a hot take, a bad take. <laughs> I was just saying <laughs> it's a bad take. Uh, basically, these little quizzes are, like, three or four quizzes that just like see if you've been paying attention to like different things in like the background or like the dialogue or whatever. And like a lot of it's usually relevant. Some of it's not relevant, but it's usually relevant. So I liked those because it was like, you know, kind of like a memory game aspect to it. Um, So yeah, but the definitely, the fact that it takes so long, like the gameplay is probably about an hour per episode if you're like keeping up with everything, doing well in the puzzles, et cetera. So it's like a six hour game when there doesn't feel like it has enough content to be a six hour game. Like for reference, Undertale is also roughly six hours if you kind of know what you're doing. And there is a lot more going on in that game. It never feels slow. This feels like it drags on. I would also say Undertale is
1: considered a puzzle game as well. Yeah, to a degree for sure. Uh, So if we're comparing puzzle games, and also I, of course, am the connoisseur of Nancy Drew PC games from the early 2000s. And as the connoisseur of Nancy Drew puzzle games, I have to say this one, there are a lot of similar puzzles, but Nancy Drew takes the cake every
0: time. Well, yeah, I mean, Nancy Drew is like a classic. um, And it's like, Uh, It's a little, yeah, it's more involved. This one's more of like a graphic novel. It like reminds me of like, if Nancy Drew and Ace Attorney had like an ugly child, it just gets the worst parts of the gene pool. So like, basically I love Ace Attorney um, for, it's like, it's graphics, it's like a graphic novel and also like the, the, you know, things you have to figure out the investigations, the puzzles, they feel interesting and engaging and they're not always easy to figure out. But, um, and like that game was released for the first time in like 2001, this came out in 2009. The graphics look worse and like, so bad, even like compared to like Nancy Drew games, which a lot of Nancy Drew games came out at that time too. The, the graphics in this,
1: the Nancy Drew game, the Nancy Drew games have really good graphics and very realistic looking characters. Yeah. Comparatively the, the characters, even though they're trying not to look realistic, just looks so ugly.
0: It's hard to look at Yeah, all of them look really bad. Like, it's very, like, visually grating. Like, obviously, as a kid, playing this on my iPhone 4 or, like, iPhone 5 or whatever I had at the time, like, I didn't notice. Like, it's a tiny screen, and you're just like, oh, wow, this is, like, an actually interesting story. Um, But playing this on my full-sized, like, laptop monitor, I'm, like, as I have a monitor attached to my laptop, like, it's just difficult to look at. Like, I'm, like, this it's like, how do I say this? It's like holding up like a magnifying glass to like, or like a, like a microscope to like a home goods carpet. It's just like, it's, there's not much to see. It's better viewed at from a distance and of less quality. And you just, it's not a good experience. Um, It's a very interesting analogy. I was trying to think of something that looks worse up close and that's, that's what I came up with.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It is like, like the care it's, the characters, the plot, I understand, like, it could, why it would be for kids, but also there are things in it that I'm like, are you sure this is for kids? Like, people are getting shot, and a guy gets a stone dropped on his head. Yeah. And there's also a lot of stuff about religion that's, like, kind of questionable. Like, it's very,
0: like, questioning of religion and calling religion sort of culty, which I'm, like... Oh, well, we're definitely getting, getting into this stereotyping because everybody is stereotyped <laughs> the hell out of in this game, which I think is funny. It's, like, very, like, British commentary. So it's... I think that Relentless Software is a British company. I'd be surprised if it wasn't. Um, it is. Yeah, because is. this... Yeah, British video game developer. We have it written down. We did our research. Um, but, yeah, because, like... It's set in, like, a small, like, British quaint town in the English countryside. And, like, it's called Little Riddle. And, like, the narrator, like, rolls his R every time he says it. And I can't roll my R's. Riddle, riddle.
1: (laughs) And then, oh, every time he says murdered, he goes
0: murder. It's true. He does. Literally every time. This is Little Riddle. Here in this seemingly innocent, innocuous corner of our green and pleasant land, the sacred tranquility has been irrevocably shattered by dastardly deeds, deadly doings, and by
1: murder.
0: Oh my god. Anyways, uh, I kind of like. <laughs> He's so funny. As a kid, I love the voice acting and the narrator. I always played this game with headphones on and all that kind of stuff. I still love the voice acting and narrator, not going to lie. Yeah, no, I was like, <laughs> I'm still enjoying it. Like granted, he talks kind of slowly and there's no way to just, like skip forward in the text or like adjust this, like this like speed. If I could like speed him up to like 1.5 times, I would have done that for sure. And it would have made it a much more enjoyable experience. But
1: also the controls aren't the most intuitive. And there were times when I would like accidentally click because I thought that it was telling me to like click to proceed. And then it was click to replay the dial like yeah. replay this entire scene and so then I'd have to sit and watch the entire scene again
0: yeah no I, I was like I don't want to watch this yeah <laughs> if I remember correctly the app because I tried so I had it downloaded at one point right so I went back on the on my phone to try and find it re-download it see if I could play it alas since I now have a much different iPhone than I did back then it's not available for me to download anymore um but because, Like, even though it was taken off the app store, it's it should have been still in my like purchased. That's usually how things work. Um, if anybody remembers the Flappy Bird freaking thing, god, that was such a mess. People were selling iPhones for like five thousand dollars just because they had Flappy Bird pre downloaded on them before it got taken off. I never, ugh. and the only reason Flappy Bird got taken off was because the guy
1: was receiving death threats, Dude, He was so how overwhelmed. The game was,
0: yeah, like, poor guy. I feel bad. I remember for him. that was
1: a big drama that was
0: big drama anyways back to other mobile game stuff (laughs) we're just talking about we're just roasting mobile apps um basically so yeah no like playing this on like a phone felt like more intuitive like even though originally it was released um for pc first so like that's what it was designed for but it felt much more natural to be able to tap on things like on a touch screen rather than to have to click on everything like with a mouse it feels like harder to do and it's also not super precise um like especially in, like the quizzes you can you can have like the wrong answer on like accident all that kind of stuff the cursor is really annoying it is it, like it's this like big I don't even know what to call it it's not even like a magnifying glass or anything it's just
1: like I would say it's it's um a teardrop shape but it's a sideways teardrop um and then it has the blue toed logo in the big part of the teardrop
0: yeah it's kind of like like a line marker kind of like if you know like the some bookmarks have like a line marker in it but it's like big and annoying and uh, I don't like it but anyways yeah so maybe I'm just like touting the mobile version because that's what I remember playing and had a good time with but I think it worked better on mobile than it did anywhere else and it makes more sense on mobile because the quality of like playstation games because this was released in the ps3 era the quality of playstation games at the time was like much higher and granted like this probably didn't cost the same as most you know playstation games because it was like very cheap like on pc it's like five bucks on mobile it was like 399 i'm sure it was something similar on the playstation can you imagine buying the
1: pc or playstation version of this game physically like just having this game in physical form
0: I don't even think they did. So they did a physical release for the PS3, but I don't think they did it for PC. I think it was just download.
1: Oh, really? You don't think there was a CD or a DVD or a? I don't know. What are they called when it's a?
0: I don't think so. I don't know. I feel like in in 2009, in 2009, like that wasn't as common. Like DVDs weren't needed to install stuff.
1: All of the Nancy Drew games until like 2012 were on uh, discs, I believe. Mm. Yeah, I guess you're right. And I like, I had a lot of, I had a lot of video, uh, like video game discs. I had one for Madeline in Paris and I had one for, this is irrelevant. I don't, I'm not going to talk about all the discs
0: I had. <laughs> um, we can talk about that in the Nancy Drew episode.
1: Yeah. One of the many Nancy Drew episodes we will be doing.
0: Yes, exactly. We'll have one each season for sure. There's more than enough NC Drew games to do that.
1: We have at um, least 33 seasons. Uh, woohoo! <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: is that including the dossier games? No. So we have more than that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so we'll get into more about actually what the game is like. So the game is six episodes and it's like all of them are kind of unfolding this mystery of this little British town. It can be played from one to four players. I obviously only played a single player. I think single player was the only one available on the mobile app. But on the computer, you can play with one to four. I tried to convince my boyfriend to play it with me and he said no, but it's fine.
1: I was going to ask if you were going to... It's also cool because you can change it every uh, episode that you play. Yeah. You can change your character. You can change whether you're playing multi multiplayer or not. Um, I thought that was kind of nice. Like, yeah. You know, if you had a sibling and you wanted to play just one round with them or something.
0: Yeah. And I like the fact that there's like these dedicated stopping points because like I remember playing this and, like, having to, like, get through an episode, but, like, also, like, needing to pause it for, like, several hours at a time because it's, like, a mobile game. You know, you don't, these are usually, like, pick-and-play games, you know, you need to be able to leave at a moment's notice. So, um, yeah, I think it was, I think it had, like, a save feature as well. I don't remember what differences there are in the mobile app. There's not a whole lot of documentation on this game either, so I'm just kind of guessing here based on what I remember.
1: This one saves automatically. There's a lot of it auto saves at random points, but it doesn't tell you it's saving. Ah. But there are auto save points. I think after every after every like stop, there's an auto save. That um, makes sense after like the cutscenes, which most of
0: this game is cutscenes. So
1: I don't. I think the cutscenes are the parts where it isn't a cut isn't a scene. I think the cutscenes are the the puzzles <laughs> at this point with the frequency of them.
0: Yeah, like there is a lot of puzzles. Um, but I didn't mind a lot of the puzzles. And like honestly, I was surprised. I still found some of them difficult. And like the other thing, as like a you know computer science major and nerd, um, I recognize some of these as like very common like computing problems. Like there was a couple that were like based off of, Jeekstra's yeah Jikstra's algorithm. That her name is always so hard for now. His name I don't even know. Anyways, that's basically you have to visit all these different places, but you have to do it in the shortest amount of time. It's like a, um, it's like a GPS problem kind of, if you have like multiple waypoints. So there's like several puzzles like that. There was like one that was basically just the tower of Hanoi, um, the bag stacking one.
1: Yeah, there were, there um there was another one that was like that as well with coins
0: yeah that one was tricky i actually like i was skipping most of the puzzles at that point because i was just trying to remember like what the game was like and just refresh my memory um so i wasn't like trying to redo all the puzzles but that one i was like i want to see if i can do this because i kept getting it wrong um but i eventually got it but yeah it's it's an interesting one
1: yeah i i liked the puzzles i thought that some of them Like the math puzzles just kind of frustrated me because I had to like count on my fingers.
0: (laughs) I was just using my phone calculator for some of them. And then I was like, I give up.
1: (laughs) I didn't use a calculator for any of them because I wasn't smart enough to think about using a calculator. And so there was one where you had to add everything up to a hundred and the numbers were like 16, 24, 17, yeah 39 why do I remember them and 23 um and it was so hard I tried I think I had seven attempts and then I had to give up I was really mad
0: and then it ended up just
1: being the 16 and the 17 that you needed
0: yeah no I gave up because I was like I could get it to 101 or 102 but I was like I screw this and then I I stopped and then it was like oh it's just 16 17 but like it was like 16 times four plus two, 17, something like that. And I was like, what in the hell? And I was like, you were supposed to figure out how to get to 50 first and then multiply it by two. And I was like, okay, well now you're making me feel stupid. Cause again, this is a children's game. I got um, to
1: 47 times. (laughs) Like I got to 40 a lot.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I kept getting to 80 and being like, well, I don't have a way to get to 20. So like to get just 20. So I was frustrated, but anyways, also, the B one, the first B one, not the second one, but the first B one frustrated the hell out of me because there's two right answers. And if you one put one that was, like,
1: Minesweeper?
0: No, the one before that one, where oh. you had to put, like, the correct number of Bs in each row. Oh, yeah. yeah there's yeah. two right answers, and I put one of the ones that they didn't program for, and it told me I was wrong twice, and I was like, screw it, I give up. And it was just, like, swap the position of two of the Bs, and it gives you the same right answer, but it's just, like, you change the position. And I was like, what? The hell! They should have accounted for that. There was also one puzzle
1: that made me kind of mad because it was a lateral thinking puzzle, and it said "think laterally," but I thought that meant like it wanted me to read it vertically. But it was the one where the constable wanted you to uh, figure oh, out. I the gave up on that one too. By crossing out one, by crossing out two letters, um, yeah, or only two letters, and so. I was trying to figure out which two letters made the most sense. And I was like, maybe it's a phonetic sounding uh, sentence or something. Um, and it ended up just being that only two letters were written inside of the actual message. And that made me mad. Like so. the phrase.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That was, that made me upset too. I like, I quit, I gave up. And then I was like, cause how are you, I was like, how are you supposed to get anything with only crossing out two letters? And then I, you know, get it. And it's just like, I give up and it gives you the answer and it says like, oh, you're supposed to car house out the phrase only two letters. And I was like, oh my God. So that frustrated me.
1: I would say something that is nice about this game compared to a game like uh, Cluedo or Nancy Drew is that you can give up on the
0: puzzles. Yeah. And I remember doing that. Like, again, I was much more invested in the game when I played it for the first time, but I remember doing that a couple of times where I would just get stuck and I would just be like, damn it. But it's nice to have that feature and not just like, cause you can't look at the answers. There's not, there's not enough people who have played this game for there to be a walkthrough for it. It was
1: definitely nice
0: to just be able to skip, uh,
1: the ones that I was really stuck on because again, this is a long game. Yeah. When it's a kid's game and it's super repetitive and you have to go through all of these different just dialogue based scenes with terrible graphics. And so you just want to skip some puzzles. They're not fun sometimes, but some of them are really fun. I liked, um, I liked all of the word puzzles, all of the picture puzzles. I would say the math puzzles were the, the ones that I did not like at all.
0: Yeah, I didn't like the math puzzles, that's for sure. I mean, like I said, I still like some of the puzzles well enough to like try and figure them out. The one that I think I spent the most time on was the the dude sitting at tables one where you have to like get them to not be sitting next to each other if they're wearing the same color hat or like coat. So that one was interesting.
1: Okay, I gave up on that one and the solution made me so mad because it was like, you're a, you're a dumbass for not being able to get this. Really? Like that was the... That was the tone of the response to me giving up. Also, the guy, the narrator, was so mean if you got over, if you went over time or if you failed a couple times. He was like, oh, so this is what it feels like to be a failure, I see. And I'm like, bro. (laughs)
0: I'm yeah, he's just never nice to you. Like, even when you do it, like, even when you do things right, the only, like, genuine compliment that he gives you that's not sarcastic is, like, when you get the questions right on the quizzes. And he's like, oh, you're smart now. And it's, like, not super sarcastic. But, like, every time, like, if you get, like, under time, if you get, like, a gold medal on any of the quizzes, or not the quizzes, the um, puzzles, he's like, oh, look at you. Wow, you think you're so cool. You think you're so smart. And, like, the whole, like, general vibe just, like, screw you the entire time.
1: Yeah, he's very mean and condescending. And even like when you finish the game and you get the right person, like you you claim the right person to be the the bad guy, he's so mean. (laughs) He's like, yeah, no, like, oh, look at
0: you, you can figure out a simple puzzle meant for children, and I'm like, yeah. Me when I play this when I was thirteen, I am a children. But yeah, no, that's it's like it's very like British humor, sarcasm. Roasting people, the whole bit. I liked that there there was like a good amount of like fourth wall breaks in the beginning, especially like when you're like um like dealing with like the hotel manager at this hotel that you're like have to stay at, and he's like very like rude and not hospitable. Um, uh, so that's funny because like the narrator just like roasts him, and then he pops in to like defend himself, um, which I thought was cute.
1: Yeah, I um no one else really responds to the narrator besides the hotel manager. But the hotel manager has, like, I hate my wife syndrome. Yeah. So
0: we don't support him. No, we don't support most of the characters in this game, to be fair. Except for the librarian. I think the librarian is cool.
1: I felt so bad for the librarian.
0: She just wanted to be part of a big, like, murder mystery, fantasy, whatever. She just wanted to be a part of the books she loved. And she died for it. <laughs> she lit an entire building on
1: fire just to be a part of it. And then and then she dies. She refers... To her, to the doctor who she's, whom she's in love with, um, with whom she's in love. That is how it Mm -hmm. phrases. There we go. Grammar. Um, with whom she's in love, she refers to him as the Heathcliff of healthcare or something like that, which is a reference to Wuthering Heights. Like she calls him Heathcliff, which is just like,
0: yeah. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Anyways. Also, like, I liked the librarian's character design the best. Mm Mm-hmm. She looked
1: the most normal.
0: Yeah. She was like the I wanna say easy on the eyes because it's just a cartoon character we're talking about. But like she was the easiest to look at, you know? So she was cool. And I also liked the like the the library like backdrop better than most of them. So, anyways, this is a librarian from Bluetooth Murderfile Supremacy. She deserved better. Only valid character, except for the playable characters speaking of playable characters so you can pick between four people there's not a whole lot of diversity in this game it is set in the British countryside and it's developed by British people in 2009 so well that's when it came out so it's developed
1: there is one black person she is the clerk she did nothing wrong we stand. um (laughs) that is her that's her character she she ended up buying a windmill like good for her we love that for her that happened in the last episode. She buys a windmill. Um, she buys the Miller's windmill. Um, she, she's iconic. I love her. Um, she's the only person of color in this entire thing. Um, there's a lot of women, but all of the women are marked as baddie, old, like gossipy. Um, their names are
0: snobbish. Mrs. Gossip, Mrs. Bothersome. And then like the librarian, like I said, only valid character and the clerk, obviously, stand the clerk. Um, So like they're both women that are like good. And then, but most of like, especially like the older people in the game get like, like I don't want to say that it's like ageist, but like, because you can play as like an old person as well. So like, it's not like all old people.
1: You can play as two old people.
0: Yeah. Like, that's the weird thing is like the diversity that they picked for this game is like women and old people, but also they like shame the old people and like use a lot of bad stereotypes. And like, it's just weird. So the playable characters, you can play as an old man, an old lady, a young man or a young lady, and they're all white. The two old people look like very like posh. And then like the two younger ones look like very like preppy in style. Um Also, I didn't realize that the younger guy's name was Richard, and they actually shortened it to Dick, and his last name is Dickens, so his name is Dick Dickens, and I kind of love that. And they refer to him as, like, really annoying. Amazing. Um, In his, like, if
1: you hover over the characters, you can get, like, a little background for them. Um, That's different than their official backgrounds, and it's like, this young whippersnapper is very annoying. (laughs)
0: Love that.
1: I played as him once. And it was very, he was like the most palatable character to play as, but I felt bad for abandoning Hannah, um, who is the young woman, uh, whom I played with, who I played with for most of it. Um, and I liked her the best.
0: Yeah, no, I played with her when I played it. So I, like when I played it, um, on my phone as a child, I picked her because I was like, ah, young woman, I am a young woman. So I was like, okay, I'll pick the same one.
1: Oh, we forgot a we forgot one of the most important diversities. The jeweler is an American from the south.
0: Yes, with all bad stereotypes. She is a southern American stealing jewelry. Yep. And they say that she can't do math because and she's like, "Oh, I can't figure figure out British people money." Which to be fair and, is confusing. Yeah, British people money makes no sense. It's like how like obviously I understand we get roasted for not using the metric system. Completely valid. But dollars and cents make a lot more like sense than like, pun intended, <laughs> uh, than like shillings and pence and all that pounds, whatever. Because it's like, it's it's not consistent. Like at
1: least with our system, it's you know, like 16, 24, 12, like in, in the realm of fours and stuff. But, and then our money system is in one, five, 10, 25. That makes sense. This is 12 shillings per 20 something per pence, per one pence. So like, I don't know. It was so annoying. It wasn't like my favorite thing. Um, I don't believe in British money.
0: Yeah. British money's fake. British money isn't real.
1: And I, I definitely think that the Harry Potter commentary of um, making fun of the British money with like 17 something
0: somethings for a something um yeah i don't know i get what she means but yeah anyways british people money is stupid and bad
1: And american stupid because yes. she american
0: yay i mean yeah which
1: fair <laughs> enough <laughs> valid <laughs> but also at least make her a man a stupid man you know
0: <laughs> yeah that's like oh my God, I saw this um this like tweet the other day that was like, oh, I went to an American themed restaurant while I was in Japan. And it just has like this like crappy like American flag decoration that's like made out of like metal and then like a tool bench and like a bunch of like hung up like power tools. And it just says like, work hard, play hard. And everybody's drinking out of these like reusable red solo cups and like all the furniture is metal. And I was just like, this is hilarious. They aren't wrong. <laughs> They're not wrong. Like, a good majority of the U.S. is just like that. But, like, I don't know. I feel like like a New York-based restaurant or, like, a, a Portland-based or, like, a San Francisco or even L.A.-based. I would understand if they went for, like, Southern California or even, the like, Southern United States. Well, I guess they did go for the Southern United States.
1: It seems like they went for one. Wisconsin. like
0: And, like, all of the Midwest.
1: Yes. Um, yeah, I... I was thinking like, what is the most American restaurant I've been to as an American? And I would say Texas roadhouse, um, where, I feel. which you can't go to.
0: No, I cannot.
1: They throw the peanut. You're supposed to throw your peanut shells on the ground and like someone comes and picks them up. I didn't do that. I put my peanut shells politely in a bucket. Um, but like the whole vibe of it is just there's peanut shells littering the floor and like the bread was amazing um but it was such an like an american aesthetic of just like ruin this place please
0: <laughs> yeah Yeah, that is, like, I feel like Black Bear Diner as well, like, gives off high, like, high-key American vibes, or just, like, literally most diners, just, like, especially if they're, like, in a rural... A Denny's. Yeah, Denny's, like, or, like, just a rural area, like, privately owned diner. Like, I feel like that gives off. Like, there's, like, this tiny little, like, diner in the town of El Dorado, and it's just, like, which is different from El Dorado Hills. It is different. That's why I specified. But (laughs) anyways this tiny little like small town <laughs> the town of El Dorado it's that's what it's called and it, it's different from El Dorado Hills Th- none of you probably are understanding this reference but it's this tiny little town up like near Placerville in Northern California and uh, there's this like tiny little diner that's like run by like family and it has like southern vibes even though it's in Northern California but it just feels very American like I asked them if they had anything that was gluten-free and they just kind of like looked confused So I just didn't order anything that I suspected might contain gluten.
1: Yeah, Brittany and I went about, so we were living in Vancouver, Washington, which is literally a bridge away from Portland. And we went up to Battleground, Washington, which is about a half hour north from Vancouver. And we went to this small diner. It was exactly like same vibes. Like they don't know what dietary restrictions are. And I ended up getting poisoned. Um, yeah. They said they had gluten-free bread. It was definitely not gluten-free or it wasn't cooked gluten
0: in a gluten-free environment, obviously. Um, the thing that I've been surprised by is how many people in the restaurant industry. And like, it's not a lot. It's not like a large percentage, but it's enough to be like, okay, this is weird that it's happened like five times that I've encountered people who just don't know what gluten is. It's weird. It's weird. Or they have like this weird misconception
1: that like gluten is vegan, like or like gluten
0: free equals vegan. I haven't encountered that.
1: Well, it you know like just like the same like I'm gluten free. Oh, you need like food that is vegan, and it's like no. Well, food that's vegan can have gluten in it. Yeah, I need I just no gluten. Just give me meat, please.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, like I don't understand like how you can get hired in the restaurant industry and not understand like especially as like a chef and just not understand what gluten is and like what it is in and like all that kind of stuff. Also people just kind of refuse to learn. Depending on where you are. Yeah. And like again, like for me it's especially strange because like if I was going to places that I like kind of expect this from like small town restaurants or like areas that are like very conservative where they're not like you know super up to date on like all that kind of stuff. I don't know why it is that like the small conservative areas just like don't believe in allergies, but like they don't. It's weird. But, like, I'm usually in places that are, like, metropolitan enough or, like, health-conscious enough that they, like, should know about it. So, when they don't, I'm just, like, doubly surprised.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, obviously, I'm a little newer to the scene of eating restrictions. Um, I was diagnosed with celiac when I was 19. So, um, a little over two years ago now. Um, So, but, like, obviously, I've been places with you before that. And you know, seen that situation. And it is ugh, really frustrating to tell people, hey, please just cook this separately. for Yeah. Me. Just and there was one time when you got a you got a salad and it had peanuts in it and you told them to, like, read you off like, No peanuts.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Literally. I was at a Mexican place and like Mexican food is usually safe. It like, doesn't have a lot of nuts in it. You know, to look out for mole sauce. And if you don't have that, you're fine. Like usually they use corn tortillas if you ask. And like, it's usually safe for like all my allergies. Like there's not a ton of like, you know, dairy and a lot of stuff. You just ask no cheese. And I get this like side salad that comes with like my order of tacos and, you know, I'm starting to eat it. And the peanuts weren't even on top. Like they were like well mixed in. So like, I didn't see them until I was literally biting down on a peanut. And I was like, Oh shit. Spit it out. Almost died. Didn't have to go to the emergency room though. Just like not having a good time for like a couple hours after that. Cause I didn't actually ingest it. But anyways, did you epinephrine yourself? No. Cause like here's the thing about EpiPens. This is an important PSA actually. I'm glad you mentioned this.
1: They're expensive
0: that, and they don't solve the problem. They are simply just a, a, like an extension of time for you. Basically like they just keep your heart beating for like 10 to 15 minutes. And depending on how old they are, or like if they're recently like expired or whatever, um, it'll shorten that time. So you might need like two shots. You can do two subsequent shots of epinephrine, but it's not like in TV shows where like they give an epipen pen and they're totally fine. Like, that's not how it works. It's like, oh, I can suddenly breathe again. No, it's literally just keeping your blood flow going. It's not going to solve the fact that you're slowly asphyxiating. You still have to call 911.
1: Doesn't epinephrine just increase
0: your heart rate is that what it does it's basically like a shot of adrenaline kind of where what it does is it just keeps your heart beating um it i mean it does kind of increase your heart rate but just like by default um, but it just keeps your heart beating um and like kind of like accelerates your body's like fight or flight mode to just like keep you alive um, just keep blood flow basically even when you would normally have already lost the ability to do that
1: yeah you've got to pop a benadryl if you want to get swelling down
0: benadryl but also like Typically, to the point where you need an EpiPen, you should already be calling the police or not police, uh, calling an ambulance and to call <laughs> the police to arrest whoever gave me a peanut. <laughs> exactly. That's what you should be doing. Doesn't care if I die as long as the police catch who's involved.
1: If you if you declare an allergy and you get allergied at that place after declaring that you are allergic to this thing, you can press charges.
0: Yeah. And you can also sue. Um we didn't feel like suing, but they obviously didn't charge us for the meal when I almost got debted. But um, yeah, you should obviously, when you administer an EpiPen, you should already be calling an ambulance and uh, like, don't expect them to like miraculously heal or anything like that. It's literally just like buying time.
1: Yeah. I also think that like the expensiveness of an EpiPen makes it kind of like well, I can, I can wait until my
0: throat closes up. Right? No, no, you should never hesitate to administer an EpiPen and or use one on yourself if you have the ability to do so. Um, and also insurance is getting better. Like, like about EpiPen prices, at least like with my most recent insurance plan, they were only $15, which is like what really great because usually they were like 300 bucks. That's crazy. You should have stocked up. American healthcare generally sucks, but definitely ask if you insurance plan covers them and like because like the pharmacy wasn't even going to check my insurance plan covered it and i was like hey did you apply my insurance and they were like oh okay i'll do that and it went from like 380 bucks to like 15 bucks so hound your pharmacies people okay
1: well that was really cool uh cool tangent there um
0: (laughs) yeah that was a great tangent let's get back to the game we're supposed to be talking about so we've covered the gluten-free now let's cover the gaming (laughs) (laughs) oh that was cringy okay at the end of each episode of blue toad murder files you're supposed to pick who did the crime that you're investigating this you know whole thing so i wanted to go through each of them and kind of see if we both got them right so um the first one is you go you get to this little town and like you're supposed to be getting a break it's supposed to be a vacation for you from your like you know typical high stress detective job and because you're like a private eye And so you get there and you're talking to the mayor, and because it's a very small town, so you can talk to the mayor, and he's like, you know, talking to you. And then he gets shot. He just gets sniped um, right in front of you. And you're like, oh, damn, I have a murder to investigate now. And so you're like, kind of excited about it because you're a private eye. Um, And you go around.
1: Oh, we should probably, we should probably preface this is going to be a spoiler section, but I
0: doubt anyone
1: here wants to play Blue Toad Murder Files.
0: Yeah. I heavily doubt unless you are like, in middle school or early high school i don't know i mean like lucy said you could still play it i even i still struggle with some of the puzzles but i heavily doubt that you're gonna want to play the game but if you do it's five dollars on steam and stop listening now and like skip ahead but anyways um so yeah spoiler alert um mayor gets murdered and then you're investigating and you have four suspects so it's the miller the doctor there's the train station guy and then the jeweler um are your four suspects for that one I thought it was the doctor because the doctor sus as hell. Later on, we find out that he is sus as hell, but for different reasons. Um, but actually, the Miller like lies about his appointment with the mayor, so it was actually the Miller. Did you get that one right?
1: Yeah, I got Miller because uh, I remember the clerk saying that he didn't have an appointment and just showed up randomly, and I was like, it is
0: like the Miller was the obvious choice. But I was like, it's not that easy. It has to be the doctor, and it wasn't. I should have remembered that.
1: This is a game for children.
0: Yeah, but after the end of the first one, the Miller does get killed. That's important, but it doesn't get investigated till later.
1: Okay, so the second episode is the manor being robbed. All of this happens within this manor. It's more than that, I think. Right? I thought it was more than three days. I, I think night goes down maybe four times. I think you're there probably for five days. Less than a week. I
0: know, but like sometimes it'll like not even like be nighttime. It'll just like cut away and be like, oh, the next day you did this. Oh, you're so, right. I don't know. I feel like it's something like that. But um, like more days. But anyways, yeah. So the next one is the manor being robbed. Uh, this like posh lady is like, oh, my my family heirlooms. And the inspector's like trying to suck up to her and like gets his ass handed to him, which is kind of fun to watch. Um, because you're like kind of in this rivalry with like the local inspector of the police, like, you know trying to figure things out before he does and his name is inspector Bragg. almost all of the names are like a pun by the way or like not even really a pun just like an adjective of the person so that they can later use it as a pun in like one of the puzzle titles or something but anyways i'm
1: surprised doctor the doctor wasn't like doctor villain or something dumb like that
0: doctor devious (laughs) that's what they should have called him but i feel like they wanted his stuff to be more of like a surprise so that's they didn't like make him obvious. yeah i was
1: su- i was kind of surprised that it was the doctor not
0: gonna lie i was like it's gotta be the doctor because he can just like poison people and like hand out like bad pills and like you know i don't get why the doctor was shooting everybody though he should have just like poisoned people
1: yeah and then in the end he doesn't even have his gun <laughs> wow in the end he like leaves his gun at home or something and he doesn't have his gun to defend himself against getting arrested or something like he just goes well i guess if the children's game ended with a bloody firefight it probably
0: wouldn't be much of a children's game
1: (laughs) okay well fair enough the second episode is the heirlooms get taken three of them get found but four were taken um and you see the fourth one in moses's he's the landscaper we see it in his uh little room um when we investigate him yeah he's the
0: groundskeeper for the church
1: and for the manor because he talks about weeds on the manor
0: no no he's just the groundskeeper for the church you just ask him what he saw and he says i saw a ton of weed oh okay yeah i think that it has to do with what we discover about the family ties later on that's why he says there's a bunch of weeds is because he just doesn't like the snobbishes because they kind of like ruined his entire family um
1: which is 100 percent valid
0: yeah So we'll get into that more on that later.
1: Um, Okay, so Moses is the, I got that one correct because it was very obvious and they even show it in the recap. They do like a little zoom in on each character to say, to like give a little wrap up before you pick who's guilty. And (laughs) yeah, so um, then... The third episode, um, the library gets. Wait, we af- never
0: finished explaining why it was Moses. Oh. So it's Moses because you see that he has the fourth thing that was never returned to the police in his like place. Like three of the items were recovered, but he has the last one, and it's like this little statue of Prometheus. And apparently, there's like three of them. Anyways, that's relevant later, I think. Yes.
1: Um. The third episode. Uh. The the town hall gets set on fire, set ablaze, and um. There were three people, four people that had been in the archives um, that day. Two of them just wanted to hook up. And then, uh, but this is when the dog gets introduced.
0: We love the dog.
1: His name is? Watson. Watson. All right. That makes sense. Um, Yeah. The dog is very cute. He plays an important role in this section because he sniffs everyone. And then he has a unique reaction to each sniff. Yeah. Like a different sounding bark. When we find, when we find kerosene and matches in the basement or in the archives um of the town hall he gives like a distinct bark that reflected the person that we interviewed but i didn't recognize i thought the bark was the same one as the one that he gives to the jeweler um so i picked the jeweler as the the culprit not the librarian but it was the same bark that he gave the librarian they were just very similar I think
0: I don't know I'm gonna have to disagree with you on that one the the jeweler one I was like pretty because he like whines at that one he like whimpers kind of because like okay well (laughs) (laughs) get wrecked I guess get it I'm dumb (laughs) no you're not dumb um I definitely got this one wrong when I played it like when I first played the game because I was like taking a lot of time in between playing like the different parts of the episode. And so I like forgot what all the bark sounded like. Like if you aren't playing this in like a straight shot, like it's easy to forget which bark was which.
1: I I'll also say I played it in so you can it's linear to an extent, but you can kind of pick where you want to go first. Yeah. Um but you have to go to a certain amount of places. Um and you have to go to all of them. And yeah. uh I definitely went to them out of order from the way that it wants you to. So I may have heard the bark of, I think I heard the bark for, or the like whimper for the jeweler last. So then I just associated the last bark with. That
0: makes sense. But I got that one wrong. Yeah, no, I got it was the librarian, even though I didn't want it to be the librarian. We were all rooting for you. Um, And then. And then when you go and she's like, oh, I did it for love. And then she immediately gets hit by a car, which you later find out was driven by her own lover. The betrayal. One of her lovers, one of her
1: lovers, the other. So she's publicly with the constable, but privately with the doctor. Oh, that's true. I forgot about her and the constable.
0: The constable also deserved better, but we'll get into that later. We'll get into something later. Was he behind it all? Because like I remember that there was something to do with the. Con- I don't know. It was the constable. Okay, know. it's coming back to me now. Because okay, before we started recording, Lucy was like, "I'm gonna wait to reveal the final twist" because I didn't watch the final credits. Um, and she was like, "I'm gonna wait to reveal the final twist until we start. We start talking about like it on the episode so that I can get your reaction." And I played this game like eight years ago, and I remember there was something to do with the constable at the end, and I thought that he got murdered. But no, he was, he was the mastermind playing as like the, the dumb so little man.
1: He wasn't the mastermind. I won't say, I will say he wasn't the mastermind, but he did have a plan within it. Um, but the doctor really was like the main guy. But um, the Miller says they
0: at one point. Oh, they were conspiring. Damn, that librarian really did deserve better.
1: I think so. The constable was against the doctor and for himself.
0: Still, a librarian deserved better.
1: But librarians so much deserve better. She deserved the clerk.
0: Yes, librarian and clerk should have gone the other.
1: Um, I'm writing librarian ex-clerk fanfiction as we're speaking, so.
0: <laughs> Hit me up with that link. <laughs> oh <my God.
1: laughs> on fanfiction.net. Can you? Hold on. Hold on. Are you gonna look up fanfiction for Fluttoed Murder Files? I want to know if it exists. It probably does. Are you on AO3?
0: I just Googled it. I guess I should go on AO3 though, because nothing's coming up. No! There's none? No, there's none. Anyways, so librarian gets hit by a car. Um, the next one is the colonel getting murdered. He Somebody pushes a block off the top of the church onto his head right as he's about to come to you and say, like, hey, I found out some stuff. Um, but we find out and this is right after the
1: funeral. This is right after the for funeral the librarian. for the other three people that no, this died. this is the librarian's funeral <laughs>
0: specifically. Okay. And you're trying to figure out who did it. And again, the librarian's funeral was interrupted with another freaking murder. She deserved better. Anyways, um, so the colonel gets like immediately deaded and then you're trying to figure out who did it. And the four suspects are the doctor, Mrs. Gossip, Mrs. Snobbish, and um, who was the last one? Oh, Moses, because Moses escapes from prison. No, Moses escapes from prison. No,
1: it was, it was the, pr- oh yeah, he escapes from prison five minutes after the murder was committed. The thing So y- you can
0: rule him out. You can rule yes. out uh, Mrs. Gossip because she's senile. You can rule out uh, Lady Snobbish because she hurt her wrist, but I thought she hurt her wrist pushing the block to kill him. So I thought that she did it because the dude was trying to con her and also trying to blackmail her. The colonel wasn't really a colonel. He was a con man. So And I picked the doctor because he didn't have
1: a good alibi. Yeah, which
0: winds up being the right call. It was the doctor. Uh, And then the next one. um,
1: Is this the fifth episode? So this one doesn't end with you picking someone, I believe. So basically, we find out that the motive is that um, the doctor is the illegitimate child of
0: the snobbishes and Moses and the Miller. Like there's a lot of- I'm going mi- to clarify this really quick because the, Moses did yes. not have an affair with the Miller. Moses' wife had an affair with the Miller who winds up being a relative of the snobbishes. Uh, Lady Snobbish is the one who has the manor, who was robbed, lots of money involved. And um, that's why he was trying to con her. He finds out that she has a bastard, not she specifically, but her family has a bastard child that is the doctor and then tries to blackmail them both. Yes.
1: Thank you. Didn't really pay attention that much to the family tree, um, but <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> uh, so the doctor wants the snobbish treasure because he feels entitled to it. And the snobbish treasure is one giant big old ruby. Um, and so he goes down into, uh, I guess, like crypts, the crypts. I can't say it, plural. He goes into a crypt, and um, uh, the and us and the constable follow him. We try and get the ruby before he does. He gets the ruby, and then he locks us in the crypt with the constable. And the constable is like, we're going to die. We're going to die. Cool. Um, and then we end up getting out because we're fucking geniuses, and we can just unlock doors, like, my magicians um so we unlock doors get us out of there and the crypt leads to the snobbish house and now we're getting into episode six the last episode um so then in the last episode uh we are we go through the crypt. We find the doctor smothering Mrs. Snobbish. Not good. We stop him. He runs away. We see footprint tracks um, and in the footprint tracks, which, by the way, one of the puzzles for this was count the footsteps. Why does it matter how many footsteps there are? It, there were like, I think the answer was 21 or 30, 36 or something like that. Like a dumb number. Like it was just like count the footsteps. I don't care. Anyway. The footsteps had ash, flower, and hay on them. So you had to find the four suspects that had ash, flower, and hay who could be hiding the doctor. Because the doctor has been in hiding since getting the ruby. So you have to find whoever is in cahoots with the doctor. Um, The only person that ended up having all three was the baker who we get introduced to in this episode. But uh, I thought it was the train guy, the station master, because he was trying to start a bakery or a cafe. And so I was like, oh, he probably has flour around. And then he mentions that he uses hay. He was the only one that I could tell, like, explicitly used hay. Because I didn't recognize... (laughs) Just, like, a bunch of tufts of yellow behind the baker as hay. I'm sorry I didn't recognize that as hay. How dare you with the
0: supreme quality of the graphics on this game? You should have known.
1: Who puts pieces of bread on hay? Like, that doesn't sound good. <laughs> that seems gross. Yeah. Not to mention, uh, I would get major rashes from spending time in the bakery. Um, True. Bakery is not gluten-friendly. Bakery, not gluten-friendly um, or not gluten-free friendly. It's very gluten friendly. Um, <laughs> <Guess> you're right. <laughs> we're dumb. Um, so it ends up being the baker who's hiding the, the doctor. Very fun, very fresh. Um, True. I got that one wrong. I got roasted by the narrator really hard for that. Oof. It was a sad moment. Um, And then you go home because the murder has been solved. All the murders have been solved. Um, The ruby ended up being glass. The inspector throws the ruby to the constable. The constable doesn't catch it and the ruby shatters. Rubies don't shatter. So that means the ruby was glass. Um, And so then we go home with all of this concluded. Unless you finish the credits, which I clicked out of and it just went straight to the end credits and I didn't have to watch the credits amazing and it is determined that the constable the guy who has been on our side this entire time was the one who wanted the ruby and so he let all of this play out so that he could get his riches um, and he ended up having swapped the real ruby for a glass ruby in the crypts before uh the doctor could get to it so he gave the doctor the glass ruby while pocketing the real ruby and so the end of the the last shot you see is the constable just this ugly ugly character design constable holding the red ruby and it's like glowing in his face like from Aladdin, when they have the the treasure scene, like it's just glowing in his face, red, and it's so gross and creepy, and I hate it. And that is the that yeah, not fun. So that's the that is how it ends.
0: So that's the game, <laughs> uh, the story of it. Anyway, we've done a, a good amount of complaining about the uh, the puzzles, but one other thing that I want to talk about was the way that they portray the church, because. Um, this was before I even started. I went to Catholic high school. And but this was before I went to high school that I, I played this You're game. Also, so I was uh, like, huh. You
1: also grew up sort of in the Mormon church as well.
0: Yes, a little bit briefly. And then I had left that. So this by the t- the time that I played this game was in between me when I was not in involved in anything religious directly. So I remember complaining to my mom that the vicar, who is like, you know, you know, the preacher at the church took forever to talk in all of his scenes. And he had like this very like annoying like lilting voice and she was like i mean yeah like if you go to like church that's kind of what they sound like um so like that part's not inaccurate um a lot of his stuff is just like drivel and like depending on the mass that you go to yes sometimes you do get homilies that make no sense and you do get preachers that just drone on and on and on he also
1: seemed to not really believe what he was preaching um and kind of complained about the church patrons and how they're not giving enough money.
0: Yeah, like I didn't like him at first because all the puzzles with him involve money because he's like counting the collections and like you know trying to like get money, which like again like negative church stereotype. Not that it's always wrong, but it's not always right either. But um the only part that I actually liked was when the vicar breaks Moses out of prison. I was like, that's a Jesus move right there. We love that. That's a G. So
1: yeah, I think that. I didn't hate the vicar. I thought he was kind of like a hippie version of a Christian man. Um, he was like, yeah, he was like a hippie who went to go evangelize to poor people. Um, kind of. Yeah. Like th- that was his vibe. Like really wanted money, but also just like super like kind of culty kind of cult leadery. y um, Very iconic man.
0: Yeah, like I liked him more in this playthrough than I did when I originally played the game. When I originally played the game, I hated him. But um like this time I was like wow he's a he's a G for hiding a fugitive. Um especially because Moses was like hella wronged So like you know I also thought it was funny that the vicar breaks a guy named Moses out of prison. But um I think it's funny that there was a guy named Moses in the first
1: place. And they referenced that in one of the episodes. They're like Moses not in the biblical sense, but in our world.
0: Yeah, yeah, the the gossipy lady says that. Um, yeah. So, yeah, anyways, but I think that's the last stereotype that we wanted to talk about, unless you have any other stereotypes.
1: No other stereotypes. I really liked the narrator. I think that he did a great job. His name, I'm going to call his name out because he deserves it. His name was Tom Dussek, And he also voiced all the characters. He voiced all twenty-two characters, including the narrator and the dog. And the dog doesn't talk. He he did dog noises.
0: <laughs> you mean barking?
1: Dog. Well, there was whimpering and yeah, it, it's gruffling. I don't know dog noises, dog sounds. And he is the hero of this story. If For we're sure. being honest, I I had a question. Are there other is there other blue toad stuff or is all the blue toad lore just from this
0: one game? Literally just from this one game. So they planned out a sequel, but the developers really on the software went bankrupt before they could finish the sequel. So it never got released. It was planned for like 2016, 2015 release, but it just never got finished. So, I mean, kind of makes sense. The quality of the game isn't super high. We talked about that a lot at the beginning. It was really cheap and it kind of reflected that. So it wasn't really worth... Like the amount of time, like, again, for an iPhone app, like if I was strictly reviewing this as an iPhone app in 2013, still, I would say it's like, oh, it's great. Because again, the quality was very low to get six hours of playtime out of an iPhone app and have it still be an interesting story, like totally worth it. And especially if you're like young, like I was like 13, enjoyable. I'm
1: personally not a fan of the like computer generated style. Um, Yeah, it's, it's really bad. I, I just never find it very attractive in video games or movies, um, especially it's like rat that bootleg. Oh, ratitude. my God. Yes. It's kind yeah, of it's like just, that it's, where it's just it's not literally just. Well.
0: Yeah, it just screams like low budget 3D animation.
1: Yeah. And it, it just it, I don't like it. Yeah, that those are my thoughts on this. I think that it was it was a fun game. I'm glad I played it. Um, I told you earlier, it scratched an itch for the Nancy Drew puzzle games of yore. And I do love puzzle games, as I've said earlier in this show. Um, Again, does not beat Goose Game, does not beat Breath of the Wild, does not beat Nancy Drew, does not beat any of the other puzzle games I've played. Um, But it is something that if you're really bored one day, have six hours to spare and can tolerate really bad graphics for really good voice acting.
0: Yes. (laughs) Uh,
1: Voice acting, amazing, incredible, outstanding, delicious, wonderful. Yeah. (laughs) But uh, if you can tolerate that, I think that this is a good game for you. Um, But play every other puzzle game before you do this one.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's very accurate. Like. Again, so if I were to like rank this as like a PC game, I would give it like a five out of 10 because it's really not that great. There's so much better stuff you can play even for like the same price or even less than this price. Like I played like, um, I think it's Donut County is what it's called. I'm going to look it up. Yeah. Donut County, which is like super fun. It's like, it's not even as long as this game, but it's like, it's just like more fun and it's like different graphics but it's like cute graphics so like it's better to look at um there's just like a lot of other games you can get on steam for like under five bucks that are well worth your time so like as a pc game again if you're looking specifically for a mystery puzzle game and you've played everything else that there is to offer if you've played all of the 30 something nancy drew games like lucy then yeah sure you can pick this up if you're bored for an afternoon you don't mind the length that it takes like to tell the storytelling but as like a mobile app game i would still probably give it like a seven out of ten just because like the quality of mobile apps is so low that this is like actually like worth your while if you're if that's literally the only way you play games. I would give this, considering it's released on all platforms, knowing that I haven't played the PS3 version, I would probably give it like a 6 out of 10, which seems generous. But like like I said, um, like 6 out of 10 rubies. So like I said, like it would be a 5 out of 10 on PC just because, again, if you're looking for this specifically, it does the job. The graphics are a little bad, but pretty much everything else about the game, aside from the fact that you can't skip dialogue, is pretty good. Um, it's just that the graphics and the, the like, the length that it takes to get through it, considering what how much content there actually is, takes a while. Um, so, like, those are the main two downsides. But if you're looking specifically for like a fun puzzle game that like, has a good mystery and it's not like super obvious what everything is, um, and again, keeping in mind that it is pretty much a children's game. I would still give it a five out of 10 on PC and a seven out of 10 on mobile. So we'll call it a six out of 10 average.
1: I gave Space a six out of 10, um, which by the way, I want to go back and give, uh, I am retconning my decision to give uh, Edith Finch a 9.9 9 out of 10. It deserves a 10. And I was wrong to say that. Uh, I still want more death. That is still my consensus, but I was wrong to give it a 9.9. It deserves a 10. Um, I would give this game a 4.9. It is just below average for me, I think.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I've generally been more generous, I think, with the ratings just because like, I don't know. Plus like this game still holds a special place in my heart because I had a lot of fun with it. And it was like one of my favorite mobile apps. Like I was really like, that was really my main way that I played games a lot as a kid was just on my phone. So it's just really whatever I could find. And there was actually a surprising amount of good, like little gems you could find. And this was one of them. So still, still has, holds that, that nice little piece of value. Nostalgia wise. Yeah. It's a nostalgia bubble for you. Yeah.
1: Okay. Let us give this a gluten scale rating. Uh, one means we could live in this world and play this game perfectly without vomiting and throwing up and having anaphylaxis. And five would be, we would be going through the pits uh,
0: having to play this game. Yeah, I would have been sick the entire time. So I am inclined to give it a five. Um, I guarantee you there's nothing at the hotel that I could have eaten except for like maybe some tea. and I would have starved if I hadn't eaten anything. And the bakery is definitely not gluten-free flour everywhere. And you have to go there to investigate.
1: Yeah. And you, one of the puzzles is just arranging cookies and I get rashes from touching gluten, which is an annoying aspect of my life. Um, so I would say like just having to do that puzzle would give me a massive rash. This is a five out of five on the gluten scale.
0: Yeah very dangerous very bad for gluten-free gaming yes
1: <laughs> this is the least gluten-free game as of our
0: rating so far yes with everspace i think being the most gluten-free because there's no food in the entire game
1: there weren't any other allergens
0: really in this game though which was good mostly just gluten i'm assuming that there's dairy in the in the tea things and in the tea yeah um so that would be a problem for me, but there's not really that many nuts.
1: There's one puzzle where you have to sort out milk.
0: Yes. I remember that one. So yes, that would be, I mean, I can touch milk. That's not a problem for me, but if I had to like taste it or whatever.
1: Wow. Look at me. I can touch milk.
0: Wow. <laughs> um,
1: but yeah, so not a gluten-free game at all. Uh, Definitely not. One of the worst games for us to, to play. Uh, as gluten-free humans um yeah for sure what is an achievement you've unlocked recently
0: um so we're filming this like right after we did Everspace I don't really have anything new to talk about (laughs) um achievement I guess could be that we are now filming the fourth episode of this podcast so we're going to start releasing these soon so that'll be super cool Because, like, I don't know, I'm, like, pretty impressed with us for getting this far with the podcast. Because, like, I've, like, had a lot of my friends kind of, like, joke about, like, starting podcasts and stuff like that. But, like, none of those, like, jokes or, like, propositions have ever made it this far. So, I'm, like, I'm proud of us for making it this far.
1: And honestly, if we release four episodes and we're, like, yeah, this wasn't for us. We still released four episodes.
0: Exactly. We started a podcast. Like, you know, how many other people can say that? Well, a lot. A lot of, still. pretty
1: much everyone in their 20s. A lot of
0: people start podcasts, but I still think that it's, you know, it's a, it's a cool thing to have done and something to be proud of.
1: I completely agree. I think that my uh, achievement this time around has also been like, just being proud of the fact that we have done this and that we have made it this far and you know we have a project that we're working on together and it's really fun
0: yeah yeah for sure and it like it's it gives me something because like I was talking and like um before we started doing this I like had so many video games that I wanted to play right but I just didn't like I didn't have like the energy or like the motivation to like decide to like play any of them and I was like "Eh, maybe I want to play this maybe I want to play that but I'll just wind up scrolling on my phone and like Instagram or whatever. Um, but like then I was like, okay, well, now I actually have to start playing games. And I was like, oh, well, I I like these games. That's you know, obviously why we're playing them. Um, but yeah, and it was so it's 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 been good. It's also helped me like get back get back into like the video games that I really like. So
1: yeah, and I've been trying to get you to play Edith Finch for months. Um, you're gonna we're gonna be playing Nancy Drew. We're and it's also like a good way to get us to hang out with friends and play video games again because the last time that we played video games with friends was when we played Among Us. um, And that was because I dragged everyone into playing Among Us for my birthday.
0: (laughs) It was fun. Among Us is fun. Like, I know that it's like, everybody's like, oh, Among Us is overhyped, whatever. And I'm like, dude, it's a fun little game. Like, a lot of people have a lot of fun with it and there's like a ton of replay value because it doesn't really get old. So like, honestly, it's a great game.
1: It it is really like playing just like werewolf or um, yeah mafia or something. It is such a fun game to play with friends. I think it, it's more the social value that I get out of it than the game itself. But yeah, it was a good birthday present for me. Um, well, you can follow us on Instagram at Gluten Free Gaming Pod. You can follow us on Twitter at GF Gaming Pod. Uh, email us at glutenfreegamingpod at gmail.com. Uh, we have a YouTube channel, Gluten Free Gaming Pod? Question mark? Gluten Free Gaming Pod, yes. <laughs> um, and yeah, follow us on all of our socials. Follow Lisi on Twitch at twitch.tv forward slash Lisi underscore galaxy. She streams at 7 p.m. Eastern time Thursdays. Yes. And thank you for listening. This has been Gluten Free Gaming. Yay. Bye.
0: Later, skaters.